Transmitter device activated. Coordinates set for Earth 2. Hello everyone, thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Earth 2 podcast. My name is David Steele. And my name is Peter Watson. And what is the Earth 2 podcast? Well, this is the podcast where David and I will be taking a look at the pre-crisis DC multiverse. And the legacy of the Golden Age characters throughout the Silver Age and the Bronze Age. Now, you may be wondering what those terms mean. One of the staples of DC Comics for a very long time was the concept of parallel universes and doppelgangers of heroes and villains on each world. And that was referred to as the DC Multiverse. And it existed for many decades. However... In 1985, DC Comics decided to get rid of that. They felt it was too complicated for people. And they decided to merge all the Earths into one. All the universes into one. In a massive, mega event, never seen the likes of before, called Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yep. Um, so the Crisis series basically changed everything for DC. It simplified things and streamlined things. But we're not really concerned with the effects of Crisis. We're going to be talking about everything that happened before yes. the Crisis. Um, so... We've already said there the, 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 a couple of terms, so we'll just define them further. The Golden Age is generally regarded as that period sort of before, during, and immediately after World War II when the vast majority of superheroes in comics were first published for the first time. The Silver Age is considered that period sort of from the mid-50s forward when superheroes were revamped, rebooted, even mm-hmm. though they weren't really called that. Those terms weren't used at the time. Basically, superheroes were sort of brought back, but with really with new versions yes. of some of the characters that had been around before. Because for a time in the early 50s, the superheroes had kind of gone by the wayside. Yep. And the only surviving ones really in publication were Superman, Batman and Wonder Woman. Yep. Um, who last, have lasted pretty much, you know, you know, since, non-stop. Since the beginning. Yeah, until now. Um, and the Bronze Age is refers to a period when a lot of the new heroes have become established, but really it's been driven by a change in the sort of the style of the way the stories were told, yeah, and, you know, and the the style of writing and the style of art. It's when the fans of the comics really became the creators of the comics themselves, and we'll, we'll talk more about that when we actually get to that period, yeah. uh, which is quite far away. Quite far away uh, at this point. Yeah. Yes, we shall get there. So, so, so this basically, worried. we're going to be going through comics that were published and telling you about them, detailing the events of the stories, giving you a guide to the DC Comics multiverse as it was. Indeed. Now, most people believe that the DC multiverse started when Barry Allen went over to Earth 2 and met Jay Garrick for the first time. Now, these are both versions of a character called The Flash. Yep. Jay Garrick uh, was the original Flash. You indeed. Know, published, you know, as we say, during the WW2 era. And Barry was the, the revamped version of The Flash who basically sort of spearheaded the Silver Age and the relaunch of superheroes. The Flash 123 is very well known. It's a very famous comic. And generally regarded as the first time that Golden Age character reappeared, the first time, you know, a superhero crossed from one earth to the other. Um, but we've sort of discovered that that's not really the case. And nope. we'll, we'll be talking about, you know, we'll be talking about some of the stories that preceded Flash 1, 2, 3 before we get to it. You might be surprised to learn, because I was surprised to learn, before we, Peter and I were researching this, that the Flash wasn't involved at all in the first instance of a character crossing over to parallel universes. So we, in fact, go all the way back to... 1953. Yep, believe it or not, all the way back to 1953 to a comic published in March 1953, issue 59, in fact, of Wonder Woman. Indeed, so this would actually be the original Wonder Woman. Yes. Not the 
uh, Silver Age version, the Earth One version. This is actually the Earth Two. Yep. The, the Earth One and Earth Two terms. We'll we'll explain them properly as we go a bit further in. So don't worry too much about that. This is basically Wonder Woman, one of the few DC Comics characters that remained in sort of continuous publication after the the boom period of superheroes finished. Like Batman and Superman, she kind of retained her own book, and there's a few other characters who you'll hear about eventually who kind of still hung around in the supporting characters and the backup stories. But Wonder Woman is one of the few to kind of retain their own book. So this is a story that's called Wonder Woman's Invisible Twin. It's written by Robert Kaniger and with art from Harry G. Peter. So yeah, so Wonder Woman at 59, cover date of May, June 1953, March 20th, 1953 being the approximate on sale date. So basically we're just going to go through that story now. Peter's going to tell us about the cover tissue at 59. Yes, we have Wonder Woman tripping up with her lasso. Some strangely garbed, almost Roman looking. Yeah, kind of Roman Greco type chaps. Yeah, and um, kind of guys. And with her is a kind of phantom Wonder Woman. Yeah, interesting. And the cover caption says, The Amazon princess teams up with an astounding unseen ally in Wonder Woman's Invisible Twin. And we turn the page and funnily enough, the story is called Wonder Woman's Invisible Twin. And we see a splash page of Wonder Woman in a window frame of a high-rise building. And she's grasping it as if something's trying to push her out. It looks like she's kind of having a morning stretch. You know, a sort of expression on her face. (laughs) Oh! But anyway, so the caption at the top of the page says, What would you do if you suddenly found an unseen force interfering with your daily life, with actions you've always taken for granted, until an ordinary walk along a familiar street became a perilous journey, and the mere act of glancing into a mirror a deadly risk? Such was the terrible dilemma Wonder Woman, beautiful as Aphrodite, wise as Athena, swifter than Mercury, and stronger than Hercules, was cast into in the incredible story of Wonder Woman's Invisible Twin. And as she's trapped in this window frame, Wonder Woman's saying, hands, invisible hands, trying to pull me out of the window. Very dramatic stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Really I mean, that's that's what I miss in some ways about the old comics was that the splash page wasn't always directly sort of related to, yeah. you know, the story. It was a, it was a kind of, it was almost like a secondary front cover, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know? uh-huh. So page one of the, page one of the, well, page two of the story, but page one of the story proper, um, the incredible adventure could have happened to you. It did happen to Lieutenant Diana Prince when in her office at Military Intelligence she changed her secret identity of Wonder Woman and did something that you do every day of your life. She glanced into a mirror. So we have a couple of panels of Wonder Woman costume changing, fixing her tiara. And it is literally just, you know, removing her clothes and her costumes underneath it. It's not like spinning yeah. round, it's not jumping through the lasso, which nope. was a, a later subsequent thing. So yeah, Dee Dee's getting changed and then the next moment... She looks in the mirror to adjust her tiara and suffering Sappho, I feel... If if hands are around my throat she's grasping up at her neck yeah valiantly the Amazon maid struggled against the invisible strangler if I don't free myself I'll be finished so on the caption tells it suddenly as mysteriously as the phenomenon had appeared the hands they're gone I'm free free and the next caption and then just as you would have done when the woman carefully examined her throat in the mirror but to her amazement not a single mark of any kind just as if I imagined it as if the whole thing was nothing more than a horrible nightmare and we get a shot of the mirror and the caption that says but was it just a nightmare I think so, you should say but was it a nightmare no <laughs> okay <laughs> right so then we move on to the next page and later on the avenue, Wonder Woman did something that you do every day too. She glanced at a store window. Now, I love this because you've just got Wonder Woman just casually walking about the streets yep. in her full Wonder Woman yep. garb. You know, you mm-hmm. wouldn't really see Batman just going out for a casual stroll. It's going Absolutely. It usually happen. I know. Anyway, she glances in the window of a toy shop and thinks, this window sparkles. It reflects my image like a mirror. And indeed, ah, you see her yeah. reflection in yep, the that's window. That's key. And then a moment later... Crash! Yeah, and she smashes through the window. Yeah, and then she explains herself in a thought bubble in the next panel. Merciful Minerva, 
Some invisible force pushed me through that glass so fast. I just had time enough to throw my arm up to protect my face. And after the store manager helped the Amazon out of the window. I'm sorry about the window. I'll take care of the damage. And the manager, who's very, you know, they must have really good insurance. No, no, it was an accident. You must have slipped. We're just happy that you're not hurt. It's in a they, toy shop. Yeah, so they want, like, to, you know, they, want to avoid a, they want to avoid a case there. Maybe there's a precedent. I think so. Wonder Woman continued on a perplexed way as we get a nice shot of the window and it's broken. But was it just an accident? And in a peaceful park nearby, the walker gazed at her image reflected in the quiet surface of a lake, just as you have often done. And indeed we see one day walking around and there's a great reflection of her yep. in the lake. She's, you know, she's strolling up, she's checking herself out. She's thinking, yeah, I'm looking good. This is our general usual Tuesday stroll out yeah, past the just, toy shop, <clears> down by the lake. Yeah, just looking at her own reflection. Right. Batman yeah. cl- climbs across rooftops, but no, That's one it. day's just going out for a stroll. And mm. then she says, my arms and legs feel as if they've suddenly been pinned and I've been thrust yep. into the lake. She's flying off the, the, the bank into the water. And it does look like she's been invisibly bound. Yeah. The caption says, beneath the water, Wonder Woman struggled against the invisible bonds holding her her arms and legs fast and she's yeah. thinking must break through I, like the, I love how they give the dashes in between yeah, all the must words must break through the invisible bonds these invisible bonds and you get a couple of fish swimming by you they're know, just casually. killing they're just out for a stroll they, they've swum past the toy shop and now they're swimming around the lake and then just as her lungs were bursting for lack of air Free again, not a moment too soon, she thinks. And so Dee Dee has climbed out of the lake and she's standing at the side and there's, there's a few few folks standing around and one of them saying, I saw you fall, Wonder Woman. From the way you suddenly went limp, it looked as if you grew faint for a moment while you were walking on the edge of the lake. Are you all right now? Yes, I'm fine, thank you. I'm liking the way this is building because the way we had a shot of the mirror and then a shot of the, the Toy Story sort of window, we've got, uh-huh. now we've got a shot of the lake. Yeah. Um, but was it a momentary faintness? And interestingly so, um, enough, it's three different ways that an image can be reflected. Yeah. Mirror, Window and lake. Yeah, yeah, the water surface. And outside mm-hmm. the park, the baffled Amazon maid was attracted by the sound of shots. And there's a police car and it's chasing some baddies. Proper gangsters, they're wearing fedoras. Yep, crack, crack, bang, bang. And in a split second, the fleet-footed Wonder Woman overtook the speeding car. And the policeman is shouting, it's Wonder Woman, stop firing. She'll catch those gangsters in a twinkling. In a twinkling, a hostess yep. twinkling. Yes, and as, as the racing Amazon drew near the gangster car, Wonder Woman's on our trail. We ain't got no chance. And it's bang, bang, crack. And she, yeah, and she sort of looks like she's using her, her lasso of truth to sort of deflect the bullets. Yep. That's quite interesting. Mm-hmm. So we move on to, to page five, and easily it says, Wonder Woman halted the fleeing gangster car with her Amazon lasso. Yes, she has now thrown it, and she's doing the amazing skidding along the, the ground to slow down the car. Yep. Um, so she, it's kind of, yeah, she's lassoed it, basically. She's got us. I told you no one could beat that Amazon. But suddenly, Dee Dee trips and falls flat on her face. Indeed. Letting go. Of her golden lasso. Yes. And the police car arrives and stop the car before you run into Wonder Woman. The policemen get out of the car and they help her to her feet. And one of them says, if we hadn't stopped to avoid hitting you, the gangsters wouldn't have disappeared from sight. And the other one says, not only that, but you lost your lasso. It's still hanging around the gangster car. What happened, Wonder Woman? And Wonder Woman doesn't answer. She just thinks, what can I say? That I ran into an invisible roadblock and fell? The next caption, the next panel sort of says, the following week, newspapers were full of headlines about Wonder Woman but headlines of an entirely different kind than those which formerly lauded the famed Amazon's exploits. And we've got some very interestingly named newspapers here. We have the Daily Paper, which says Wonder Woman fails to stop Main Street Bank hold-up. And the Evening Bulletin runs with Amazon interferes with police work. The City Telegraph says gangsters escape due to Wonder Woman's intervention. And And, here's here's my favourite. And and the Morning Blade 
Amazon finished as Crime Fighter, so they're obviously a bit more sensational. Yeah, absolutely, than yes. else. They're, they're the red tops. They're down market. So the next the next shot is of um one of citizens were dismayed and saddened by the fighting Amazon's downfall, and it's one of the women walking the pavement, looking a bit dejected. She has indeed her head. And um and um in full full costume again, and some people are you know sort of just gaping at her, and one guy saying, "Poor Wonder Woman." And interestingly enough, she's walking by a store that's marked drugs. It's yep. almost like an advert. Don't do drugs, kids. Yep. So we then move on to to page six. And the caption at the top tells us that the underworld, however, reacted with delight to Wonder Woman's failures. And there's um, obviously some gangster types and kind of stood around and... Smoking cigarettes. Yep, and it? one of them saying, it says here, Wonder Woman ought to quit. The other one says, she's finished, only she don't know it. And then there's a couple of lads that join in have a bit of a laugh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> gangster in the blue suit, the first one says, I've got a swell idea that'll make Wonder Woman the laughing stock of the country. Listen, she's obviously mumbling. <laughs> Either that or he's just ah. he's showing off his bean personation. Yeah, this, this, this caption's quite interesting. But bear this in mind as a precedent. So, meanwhile, heedless of a raging electrical storm, Wonder Woman roamed at the city ceaselessly, seeking to unravel the mystery of the nightmare which surrounded her. It all started when I looked into the mirror, the window, and the water of the lake, and saw my reflection. The key to the mystery is those reflected images of myself. Next panel, as the forlorn Amazon started across the High Bay Bridge... There's the gangster car that drove away with my lasso. I'll trail it. Perhaps it'll lead me to my lasso. And there's some amazing thunderbolts in yep, the background. Yeah, so there's, a, there's basically there's a full big heavy sort of thunder and lightning sort of storm going on around Absolutely. at this point. Absolutely, the rain you know, torrenting down. Coming down, cats and dogs and you know, all that stuff. But to Wonder Woman's amazement and humiliation, one of the gangsters in the car, it seems like they're not really that bothered by the rain. <laughs> They've got the top down and he's throwing the lasso at her and he's saying, we figured you need it more than we do, Amazon, so we're returning it. Not that it'll do you any good. You're through as a crime fighter. You are a turn to nothing. I don't understand that at all. Why would they give it back? I'm not enough of a Wonder Woman expert to sort of speculate. Maybe they've done. Maybe they've deactivated it or broken it or something. No, I don't so anyway, as the startled Amazon caught her glittering lasso, great Hera, lightning hit the lasso. Yep. So it's been with the interesting sound effect clang. Clang. It looks. Which I mean, is it's unusual. Very, a very sort of Shazam-like lightning bolt has struck the lasso and hurled back by the lightning. Wonder Woman toppled over the bridge rail. But, <gasps> but she's let go of the lasso. But there's yep, she's she's let go, but she's falling off the bridge and there's more lightning and rain going on all, all around her as Wonder Woman hurtled from the bridge toward the river far below. An amazing transformation took place all around her. So for a nice shot of Diana sort of falling from the bridge, rain and lightning, a couple of boats on the river, mm-hmm. and then you know, I should say modern contemporary sort of ships on the river. Yeah. And then suddenly she's falling from a sort of rocky cliff edge. And what looks like ancient Greek style big sailboats, sailboats with yeah, oars warships. and stuff outside, and you know they're in the water below, and she's falling, and she's thinking, "Shades of Pluto, the scenery has changed. The bridge replaced by a cliff, the boats by craft of another time." And then she notices, also falling from the cliff beside her, it's another Wonder Woman, my exact image, yep. except she has a lasso. The yep. second Wonder Woman has a lasso. It's, an, it's another Our Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman doesn't. Wonder Woman has been transported and she's met what appears to be another version of herself. Indeed. So that's that's a precedent. So basically, both apparent Wonder Woman land in the water arm. The Amazon's mysterious twin uttered a warning as, so this is this is the other Wonder Woman, dive deep, my other self, and swim underwater as far as you can or archers from the ships will slay you. And indeed, they both dive deep underwater and Wonder Woman thinks, this strange twin of mine can swim just as fast as I can and stay underwater just as long. Finally, at a lonely beach, the daring duo emerged. So it's the two, we have the two ladies, the the new Wonder Woman who we've just met for the first time. She's saying, we shall be safe here. I am Princess Tara Taruna. 
In our language, it means Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman says that's fitting, Tara, because I am also called Wonder Woman in my world. So it's, we have Tara and Diana, so the, the conversation continues, and Tara says, It is good that we are as alike as reflections in a mirror. It will help us free my people from the yoke of the cruel Duke Dazam. He stole my kingdom half a lunar month ago and has made many attempts to slay me during that time. And Wonder Woman responds, It's been almost exactly that same time since invisible forces began opposing me. That's interesting. They seem to be sort of tied. Something happened to affect... To weaken the boundaries, the dimensional boundaries. Yeah, but it's it's interesting that they are so tied together. So anyway, right, we continue. Tara is saying, there's a little montage of her getting into fights and stuff, and she's saying, yes, Duke Dazam's men made many attempts to slay me before they finally hurled me over Vulture's Cliff. And Wonder Woman says, and by some warp in time, those attempts affected me because you are my double in your world. We basically have the panel of Diana standing in front of her mirror. There's a panel showing Tara being attacked by a soldier. And when Diana tripped when she was trying to lasso the car, we see Tara being tripped up by a couple of Roman-looking soldiers who were on the cover. And and then finally, when Diana falls on the bridge, we can see Tara being flung off the cliff edge by some of the soldiers. And then we have a fantastic panel of two Earths with lightning bolts going between them. This is amazing. And Wonder Woman says, Earth must have a twin world, existing simultaneously alongside it. But developing differently and everyone on it is a double of everyone on earth the electrical storm somehow hurled me from my world to yours so there we have it this was published in 1953 so that's roughly eight years before flash of two worlds absolutely so it's superhero is transported to parallel earth where everything's different and simultaneously the same but different and meets another version of themselves so there you go yes what do you make i think fantastic so story moves on wonder woman says this proves evil will always be challenged by a wonder woman on earth or other worlds yep and tara is saying together we shall fight the reign of evil in this world by first attacking duke dazam's fleet so Racing through the water, the two Wonder Women encircled the fleet with Princess Tara's lasso, while archers sent deadly missiles at them. So basically, we have some of the boats, and we'll, we'll stick a we'll stick a panel on the socials so you see you can see what we're looking at. Princess Tara swims like the wind. Someone is shouting from the boat, and from another boat, aye, but she cannot pass through the clouds of arrows. We are loosing at her without being yeah, slain. Jamie McCrimmon's on the other boat. Amazing. <laughs> so basically, the, the two Wonder Women are swimming around, and they're, they're pulling the. This is great. They just basically grab these four ships together with the lasso and just... It's um, like they basically have done the snow speeders on the Atat. Yeah. By going round, swimming Absolutely. round with the lasso, they've crunched together the boats. So the caption tells us the swimming duo drew the gigantic noose tighter and tighter around the fleet until, and then crack, smash, crunch, they're all just... I guess that's Tara that's saying Tara, that yeah. ends the fleet now to my palace for Duke Dazam. And moments later, the Titanic 2 leaped over the palace wall. And, and they just they just get stuck in. They do. They start battling all the soldiers mm-hmm. who are confused. Princess Tara seems to be everywhere at once. It's witchcraft, says another one. And then shortly after, in the throne room, we're guessing it's Princess Tara, has sort of thinking to herself, the Duke must have fled when he heard of his fleet's defeat. His fleet's defeat. <laughs> um, empty throne room, so she sits down in the chair. And then, uh-oh, Duke Dazam rocks up. And he puts a rope round her neck straight away. And says, I knew you would come here, princess. That is why I concealed myself behind the throne, to ensure that you would never 
Live to rule in my place again. Do not attempt to struggle. You will only cause the noose to draw tighter. Duke de Zam, exclaims Princess Tara. And he then says, With you out of the way, I will rule again. And this time, no one shall stop me. Suddenly, a golden lasso whirled through the air and dropped around the villainous duke. What? My sight is deceiving me. I see two Princess Taras. All right, so that wasn't Tara that we've just seen. Um, No, I am Wonder Woman Tara's double from your coexisting world, Earth. I took her place while she waited to foil just such treachery as you've planned. Ah, of course, because Tara had the lasso. Yes, yes. So, and and we have a caption helpfully saying, after the Duke had been imprisoned. And the panel shows them on top of the castle in the the, the Tara's Yeah, and and there's a raging electrical storm. Raging electrical storm going on. Right, and Diana is sort of saying, It was just such an electrical storm which made me pass between my world and yours, Princess Tara. Now I shall have to remain here forever. And Tara says, Fortunately for my people, Wonder Woman, we shall make you happy here. First in gratitude, I want you to have my golden lasso. And then suddenly, as Diana takes the lasso, there's lightning strikes. Yep, another Shazam-style lightning bolt and a big clang. Indeed. And Again, interesting sound effect. Yep, and Diana says, Lightning striking yep. the lasso, just as it did on the bridge. And once again, Wonder Woman is hurled through the veil, separating the two worlds. And the gangsters are going, Let's yep. see you try to lasso us, Amazon. Go on, you'll only fumble it just as you've done with everything else. Ho ho, so that's basically, she's basically been transported back to the moment she left. Pretty much, That's yeah. quite interesting. Except she's not falling off the bridge. Yeah. She's literally yeah. like right at the top. Kind of like Bernard Cribbins at the end of Dalek Invasion of Earth 2150 AD. There you go, reference. There we go, there's a reference. Indeed. Hope you hope that makes sense. Tough luck if it doesn't. But to the leading thug's amazement, Wonder Woman has thrown the lasso yep. around the thugs and in their open top car. Yep. As the car drives on yes. without them, which is great. I, I mean, we hope it doesn't hit any passing pedestrians. Uh, so one of the, the guys still shouts Blazy she's got us and the other one's like something's happened she's her old self again and the final panel Wonder Woman nice big close up of her and she says I've always been myself it's just that what happens to my double in our coexisting world affected me something that can happen to anyone so that basically more of that basically means if you're having a bad day it's not your fault it's not if you're, you know, going things are going wrong. It just means that your parallel Earth version is having a bit of a stinker and the vibrations are coming through and hitting you or something or nothing. Indeed. So, yeah, so there we have it. Wonder Woman 59. The um, first parallel Earth story. The first story. parallel Earth story. How exciting was that? It's brilliant. It's, it's, it's I, a joy you know, to read. See, up until very recently, I had no idea that a story existed. Yeah, you know, I, I just, just assumed that everything kicked off when, with Flash 1, 2, 3, so it's interesting. But that's the level of research we're doing for yep. you folks. You know, to the best of my knowledge, and please contact us and let us know if we're wrong, but Princess Tara's never been back. That's a story that's just crying out for a sequel. Absolutely, and, yes. You know, and we'll... Um, We'll talk about certain writers and creators as we go on with the podcast. And there's, there's one in particular who I can think of who we'll, you know, we'll talk about an awful lot. Yes. Um, a gentleman called Roy Thomas. And you'll see as we, the further on we go, this is the sort of story, a sequel to this would, would have been... love. Yeah. Yeah. It would yeah. have been right up his street. Uh, where was Princess Tara in All-Star Squadron? That's what I want to know. Also, what's really interesting is Wonder Woman has Princess Tara's lasso from yes. this point on. Because she lost hers. Yep. The first time she got transferred over. Yep. It fell out of her hands, probably into the river below and never to be seen again. Yep. I mean, I wonder if like, your publication date 1953, is this going to be a story for the Golden Age Wonder Woman, essentially? It is, yeah. yeah. So this is it's, what will it's become... It's Showcase 4. And that's generally what people seen, see yeah. at the beginning of the summer. Showcase Age. issue 4 being the, the comic that, that first features the Barry Allen Flash. Ah. Who, you know, Barry, you'll be hearing a lot about Barry quite soon. So it's interesting that essentially the, the the Golden Age Wonder Woman, who will become identified as the the, under, the Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. the Under Woman, <laughs> Friday and slip there, the Wonder Woman of Earth Two is the yep. first one to sort of you know, we're aware of to make the the leap yep. over. Absolutely, yes. So interesting. Yes, and also a good thing to point out is even although. Uh, this wasn't written by Wonder Woman's creator, William Walton Marston. It did continue on with some of the bondage themes 
that were prevalent throughout his story. It's quite interesting that that never really leaves her, does it? The fact is that he did make it a part of every story that he created in the beginning, yeah. where she had to be bound mm. every story. Yeah. It's, mm. it's a rather peculiar, mm. peculiar thing. Makes you think, doesn't it, viewers? Uh, but she always came out on top. She always was uh, stronger than the men around her. But I think it was just to show, show how women are empowered because they can escape their bonds. I don't know, but he certainly had a fixation in that. Yeah. But yes, Robert Kaniger obviously has included that as part of this story, admittedly by Invisible Bonds. But yes, hey, yes. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. So that's it for Wonder Woman 59. We're now going to jump forward a little while to um, Flash issue 113, which went on sale in April 1960. So this is a story featuring Barry Allen, the, the Silver Age Flash, who we mentioned already. And this is the second of two stories to appear in Flash 113. It's written by John Broom and drawn by Carmine Infantino and Joe Giella. I'm presuming that is. Peter's going to talk us through it. Yeah, this is The Man Who Claimed the Earth. And we have an amazing splash page of the Flash running off the world. It's a view from the Earth from space. And you get the Flash kind of running off. Yep. And claiming the Earth with a big flag saying Olympus, spelt O-L-I-M-P-U-S, is a kind of a Greek god-looking man. Very sort of... He looks a bit Gil Kaney, doesn't he? He does, actually, yeah. You know, it's like it looks like in a sixties Gil Kane sort of figure rather than cusp of the decade Carmine. And Barry's saying that spaceman's claiming the Earth as a colony of his planet, Olympus. I've got to find a way to stop him. Now, you might think it's just another planet, but we'll get to this. So the story kicks off as normal. It's Barry and Iris, one of the, the greatest sort of romances of all time and of all comic history. Um, and Iris is sort of cancelling her date with Barry. She's going to help... classmates, she, Dr. Yeah, Wiley she's Summers. She's going to have to help Dr. Wiley Summers with some research. And Barry's a bit worried that he's losing her, so he gets changed into his Flash uniform and goes to sort of check up. And he finds Wiley Summers and Iris, and they're just researching this sort of odd metal that Summers has found. And Wiley Summers, obviously, is very much of the 1950s scientist type with the pipe, smartly dressed... Iris is looking... Very Audrey Hepburn, isn't she? Yes, actually, yes. That's, that's, yeah, that's very interesting. Wiley's very handsome in a sort of, in a Bruce Wayne's pre-crisis Wesley Dodds type way. Absolutely, yeah. yes. Flash runs over there to check out what's happening, because he's not jealous at all, no. And looks at the strange metal that they've discovered. Then it cuts to what looks to be like a very Olympian pantheon of gods. And the caption says, and this is the important part, at this very moment in the galactic universe yeah. of Olympus in the fourth quadrangle of space. So this is another universe, folks. Yep. It's not another dimension. It's not another realm. It's an actual universe. Mm-hmm. It hasn't given a number. But we have these, I don't want to call them Greek gods because they're all, they're like knockoff Greek gods because they're all misspelled like Zeus. It's spelled Z-U-S. Poseidon spelled P-O-S-I-D-E-N. So yeah, they're all kind of like cheap knockoffs of the original Greek gods. I suppose, I mean, it's, it's that, is it that sort of Van Deniken sort of idea that maybe these were the guys that are responsible for the original myths in the first place Indeed. or something? You know, it's, it's got a touch of that to it, hasn't it? But basically, they're, they're probably exactly as you imagine. They're big, muscly guys with long white hair and long white beards. Yes, so they realise that they have located the lost planets because countless eons ago, their forefathers decided to found a colony of Olympus in another world and sent a spaceship off for that purpose. And funnily enough, the lost planet turns out to be Earth One! Who'd have seen that coming? Indeed. I wouldn't have. So, yes, they decide that because Earth is mostly made up of water, they're going to send Poseidon there to reclaim the Earth. No relation to Poe Dameron. No relation to Poe no. Dameron. Poseidon travels there, even faster than anyone can see Zeus, says the caption. So he arrives there with his trident, discovers that the population of the world is its not even three billion at this point. 
Blimey. Yeah. So again, this is what, 1960? 1960, yeah. Indeed, yeah. And he uses his godlike powers to break into every television frequency and claim Earth, saying, I claim Earth in the name of Olympus and I, Poseidon, demand absolute obedience of our colonists. And of course, that doesn't go very well. Earth's reply is very forthcoming and they send fighter jets to try and get him. It's very much like one of the strange adventure stories that we're going to talk about. Of course. So yes, they are trying to bomb him, but he's just exploding the bombs in midair. And of course, you go to Central City if you want to take over the world. That's the first yeah. place you go to. Yeah. Uh, so the Flash runs in to try and stop him. That's that's a, a beautiful panel. It's like we have basically Poseidon's in silhouette, and a couple of you know onlookers in the city, the city skyline, are all in sort of silhouette. But Barry's just sort of in full sort of render, just streaking right through the middle. It's beautiful. Wow, Car- Carmine was a genius. A pure clear sky with the cityscape in the background. It's great. Just lovely. And. Poseidon blasts flashback, blasts him a thousand miles away. That's how powerful this blast is. There's some fantastic fight scenes back and forth as Flash comes back and drills Poseidon into the ground. And Poseidon fights back, forming ice around the Flash. And the Flash escapes, continues the fight with Poseidon, who fires a big radiation bolt at the Flash. And the only way Flash can escape is to run completely round the Earth, all the way around, so it follows him round. He comes up behind Poseidon. Yes, and smashes him to the ground. And they don't actually show where the radiation bolt goes, but it's interesting. It's worth pointing out the radiation bolt looks kind of like it's a bit Shazam light bolt, light bolty. It you know, does. It, yeah, it looks a like bit it Johnny Thunder like Yeah, it's, yeah. it puts me in mind of some other Flash sort of developments we'll maybe get to in a, quite a few episodes' time. And Flash realizes that it's the trident that Poseidon gets all his powers from, so he confiscates it from him, and he puts this Greek god in the city jail, mm-hmm. as you do. And he said, "Well, you can stay here for life." Or, my government's authorised me to make you a proposal. Poseidon said, what proposal? Flash says, you can go back to where you came from, stay there permanently. But remember, if you return, Poseidon says, don't worry, I'll never return. So Flash gives him the trident back and he disappears. With a huge, big, giant sort of pop sound effect bubble. Poseidon explains to Zeus what happened. He said, I can't go back, but you could send someone else. And Zeus says, no, Poseidon. And here we go. I've been studying the history of that Earth country. A short while back, it was a colony, and it broke away from its mother country. It won its independence, and that's just what Earth has done now. With the aid of that amazing flash, they've won their independence from us. They are no longer our colonists. To which Poseidon goes, sigh, I guess you're right. So that's that's quite a Van Dynikin sort of thingy. That suggests then that all of us humans, or some of us humans, were originally colonists from Olympus or something. Indeed, we're all descended from yeah. knock-off Greek gods. Yeah, and that's probably something that's never been returned to. Or we will never hear any yeah. mention of this story again in Interesting. God. So, Barry, the Flash gets changed back to Barry. And he goes to meet uh, Iris and Dr. Wiley Summers and says to Iris, Iris, listen to me, are you coming out with me tonight? To which Iris says, No, Barry, I've got to help Dr. Summers work on his new theory. He... And then before Iris can finish what she's saying, Barry says, all right, I gave you a chance to come of your own free will. Now... Oh, Barry, I, Barry, she stutters almost, I never knew you could be so masterful. And Barry grabs her by the hand and takes her away and Dr. Willie Summers is in the background looking as if to say, hmm? What? Yep. He's not really all that concerned. He's more concerned about his research. Yeah, but that's that's the last time we see Wiley Summers. He's, he's appeared before, but he's in, in the Flash, but he never turns up ever again. He has mentioned, though. Is he? Yeah, he has yeah. mentioned from time to time. Yeah. And then Barry and Iris are having a romantic candlelit dinner. And in an intimate dining room, Barry Allen, alias the Flash, settles down to his date. Now, honestly, Iris, how does this atmosphere of this place compare with that of the library? And sigh, says Iris, it's so romantic here with you. 
It takes my breath away. Yay, the Again, end. I was looking very Audrey Hepburn. If they'd made a Flash movie in 1960, there's no doubt that Audrey Hepburn would yeah. have played it. Very stylish, Iris. And Infantino oh, yeah. draws amazing characters. Yeah, does. The artwork in that was outstanding. Yeah, he was top of his game at that point. So yeah, so that's um, another universe. So what we've covered so far is our first instance of a, of a hero travelling to mm. a parallel world and meeting another version of himself, and then someone coming to Earth from another universe. So we've actually looked at four different universes today. I suppose we have. The Earth 2 universe, the yeah, quite uh, dizzy. Yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> Very exciting. Now, we'd love to hear what you thought about uh, our discussion today. And you can get in touch with us at the earth 2 podcast at gmail.com. And we might even give your comments a readout on the show. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook. We're at the Earth 2 Podcast. And you can also find us on Twitter at podcast underscore earth2 with the number 2. And we also have an Instagram, so you can check us out on Instagram as well. And Instagram handle is just at the Earth Two Podcast. T H E E A R T H Number Two Podcast. Yep, it's the number two for all our social medias. Yeah. There yeah. we go. So thank you for joining us on our journey, and we'll talk to you next time on the, the Earth, Earth Two Podcast. Transmatter Cube activated. Return coordinates set for Earth Prime. <laughs>